Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. This is the Podcast. I am your host, Jay Spence the King, and I am back for the first time on season two of the Code of Conduct. First of all, that's so dope to say. Y'all understand? Y'all been riding with me for a full NFL offseason, NFL season, and the NFL postseason. That in itself is amazing. And I want to start the show off by saying thank you so much to everybody for riding with me in my first season of the Code of Conduct podcast. I'm looking forward to what's coming up next. This next season is going to be just as exciting as the last. Uh, All this great content that's going to come your way. A lot of good football that hopefully will come our way by way of our Buffalo Bills. I am truly excited for what we got coming up. Listen, y'all. The king, the champ, the champ is here. (laughs) The champ said, I want my belt back. Yep. The champ said, I want my belt back. He got tired of everybody already passing the torch to Patrick Mahomes. Tom Brady said, you know, forget what y'all heard and forget all this stuff y'all talking. I am Tom Brady. I have made it to the Super Bowl half the amount of years that I've played. And y'all going to put some respect on my name. And the champ got his belt back. I know we don't normally look at these things like like heavyweight boxing matches, but man, the way they the way they, uh, you know, they advertise these things. And obviously it's the Super Bowl. So you want to take the two best or I don't want to say best, but two biggest known players. Uh, and you got Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady. And, you know, oh, they're going head to head. The young the young versus the old. The future versus the past. They want to make all these comparisons. And Tom Brady's looking at this thing like, hey, man, I'm Mayweather out here, even though he's been defeated. But that that's the that's the the mindset of it. It's like, hey, I'm out here and I'm the champ. I'm the guy that has more Super Bowls than anybody else. The champ said, I want my belt back and I'm here for it. And I'm going to tell you what. I have to admit something. It's a whole lot easier for me to appreciate Tom Brady and for me to like Tom Brady now that he is not in New England. I don't know how many people can or would be honest about that. Um, I know a lot of my friends and a lot of the content creators in Buffalo uh, won't quite admit that. But for me, I think, you know, it's a treat to be able to to now be able to sit back and watch Tom Brady and not have the emotional attachment of. Um, the disappointment of him playing against my team twice a year. Um, so like, for instance, a lot of my friends, um, you know, my, like I, I think I've mentioned previously on the show that my grandmother is from Boston. So when we have those, when the Patriots used to come to Buffalo and, you know, she would always call me and talk mess. And this season she called me and talked mess. And I, you know, I gave her something back, you know, I said some fun stuff to her, but the point that I'm making is I have a lot of friends and family in Boston or in that new England area or region. And a lot of my friends growing up, I'm a I'm a Los Angeles Lakers fan. 
So a lot of them would not give Kobe Bryant his just, you know, they just would not admit that he was really at certain times of his career, the best player in the league. They wouldn't admit that he was as great as he was. And now that he's passed away and he's no longer with us, a lot of them, you know, are like, man, I regret that I didn't have the opportunity to really take the time and like appreciate him when he was playing and for who he was. I am happy that Bills fans, as whether it be, and I know he's coming back. So we have at least two years of that. And I know a lot of us still have the hate of Tom Brady from when he was in New England. And that's okay. That's okay. You know, but I'm grateful for the fact that I get a chance to watch him in action and, and to, you know, not again, not have that emotional attachment of the team, you know, of my team being beat. Um, another thing that I uh, want to talk about briefly before I bring in my guest. So, so the Super Bowl, um, I have two takeaways after watching the Super Bowl. And the first one is the Buffalo Bills absolutely 100% need a dynamic pass rusher. This is not a slight. This is not a diss. This is not saying anything negative about the way our offensive line is currently structured. I'm not saying anything negatively about our guy, Jerry Hughes. I think Jerry has played above average for the Buffalo Bills for the better part of the entire time that he's been here. So I love Jerry. And I think Jerry still needs to be a part of this team's uh, plans for the future. But I think we need somebody else on top of that. We need somebody dynamic who is good at getting to the quarterback. We need somebody who can you know, who can draw double teams in such a way that frees up Jerry to do the things that he's good at. We need somebody there to to help draw attention away from Ed Oliver, because believe it or not, that guy is a beast. I know sometimes it might not seem like it because statistics might not show up the way that, you know, us as Bills fans would want to be spoiled to as far as having statistics from a defensive lineman. But Make no mistake, Ed Oliver is balling, and, and he's doing a very good job. He's eating up double teams in a position that really he's not supposed to play. It's not his, it's not his position to, to play that tackle position the same way that he's been playing it. It's actually very reminiscent of how they played him in Houston. He was out of position, but he still played very well, and that's what he's been doing for the Buffalo Bills. So at some point, I need I need the defensive line to, you know, hopefully with Starr coming back, we can move Ed back to a a his more natural role. We can get another pass rusher. Now, again, I'm not saying anything about Trent. I'm not saying anything about, you know, Epinesa. You know, I love the guys who are on our team, but we do have to get stronger. We just got, we just got our, I'm trying to to start this. I'm trying to be better. So I'm trying not to cuss. So y'all bear with me. We got our behinds kicked by the Chiefs two weeks ago, like handed to us. And we were beat with a very good game plan. The issue was that our personnel just could not match up well against the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, that same game plan, when you look at what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did, it's the same exact game plan that Leslie Frazier went into the game and went into the AFC championship with. The difference is you got white. You got, you know, you got these dynamic guys who can put pressure on Patrick Mahomes in such a way that it it actually really disrupted the pass. It actually disrupted the play. 
And I know PFF grades and says that Jerry Hughes gets to the quarterback a lot and they, they grade him pretty high there. But to me, breaking up a pass attempt or, or me getting pressure on the quarterback actually means disrupting the play. I don't consider a good pass rush. And, and I do understand that some quarterbacks are way more dynamic and way more awesome. So they're able to make a pass out of a sack and it's a completion. So it's like, man, he got pressure. I get it. That's not every play. But we're not even, for the most part of the season, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't feel like we've played necessarily dynamic quarterbacks with the exception of maybe Russell Wilson. And in the playoffs, we played, you know, the Ravens and and Lamar Jackson is able to make some of those throws at times as well. But for the most part this year, Kyler Murray, you know, we so we played a, we played a couple guys who who have that attribute of being able to scramble and get out of the escapability. But if you really look at and, and I might be wrong, I got to go back and look. But if you look at the entirety of the season, I, I just don't think I don't think Cam was the same Cam. We played him twice. Um, Sam Darnold is not that guy. The first game against Miami, we played Fitz. Decent game against us. He played pretty well. But then going against Tua, he was not. He's not the guy we're going to see in two years. So you got six games right there. And again, this is not discounting the team. The point that I'm making is that we didn't play against dynamic running quarterbacks that would make us, you know, have difficulty if we actually get pressure. We didn't get the numbers that we expected out of the league's, one of the league's highest paid defensive lines. We just didn't. So that's my first takeaway. Secondly, it's the same one that I've been saying for, at this point, probably seven or eight weeks now that everybody was yelling at me, telling me we don't need. Granted, the game was a blowout. But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were able to put the game away because they were able to run the clock out. Once they got up and they're like, okay, this thing is over. They turned around and they handed the ball off to their running backs and they kept moving the chains and they were eating up the clock. So yes, they had a great game plan. I'm not taking anything away from their defense. They played very well on defense. They stopped Patrick Mahomes more times than not. They had a very good game plan. But if you think Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs aren't better than nine points, you're mistaken. So what the run game did was it, it, it limited the opportunities that Patrick Mahomes had to, to get it right. Yeah, it was a blowout. It was a blowout. But I'm telling you, you give, you give quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Josh Allen, you give those guys too many opportunities to fix it, and they're going to fix it. So the running game is important for that purpose and the purpose of what happened when we lost. If Josh Allen is not having his best game, although he still had a heck of a game, Josh Allen was by far the best player on the Buffalo Bills team in the AFC Championship. So, you know, take that how you want it. But when Josh isn't having his best day and when Josh isn't playing lights out to where he's going to win the game for us because he's being so dynamic, you have to be able to run that ball. You're going to have games where you want to keep the ball away from the other teams. Yeah, we're going to have teams now where, because Josh is Josh. 
and we have Steph and we have John Brown and Beasley and Gabriel Davis. So we're going to have times where we're just blowing teams out. We're, we're scoring at will and it doesn't matter if they have the ball. But you're going to have games where it absolutely matters and you're going to want to play keep away. You're going to want to do what the Giants did to the Bills in the first Super Bowl. Yeah, you're going to want to keep the ball away. And the Chiefs, just like the Bills are going to be back, the Chiefs are going to be back. Patrick Mahomes has signed a contract that keeps him in Kansas City for a decade. Tyreek Hill is not going anywhere. He's pretty young. Sammy Watkins, we'll see if he's healthy enough to to really have a, a long career there. But if he is healthy enough to, to maintain it and stay healthy, listen, it would be in his best interest for his career, not only for Super Bowls, but for statistics. Guys want to guys want to make the Hall of Fame. Now, do we look at Sammy Watkins as a potential Hall of Famer in the future? No, absolutely not. But you know what would make him in consideration for that? Consistent thousand yard seasons, good touchdowns, like a eight, nine touchdowns every year, and winning Super Bowls. That'll put him in consideration. Calvin Johnson just got voted into the Hall of Fame or selected to be in the Hall of Fame. And he led the league in receiving yards twice. I, I know we, we is Calvin Johnson. I'm going to get in trouble for having this debate. I'll move on. But my point is Sammy Watkins could very well have a career that would be worthy of the hall of fame. If he stuck with Patrick Mahomes, Shannon Sharp made a very, very good point that Travis Kelsey's statistics are going to remain to go through the roof because Travis Kelsey is the number one or number two target for Patrick Mahomes. Shannon Sharp said playing eight seasons with John L where you can't get no better than that as a tight end. Sammy Watkins could very well turn his career into a hall of fame caliber career. If he sticks with Patrick Mahomes, same thing can be said. If, if Josh stays on the trajectory that he's on, if he, if he continues to, to grow on the path that he's growing on, he and Stefan Diggs can definitely put together a Hall of Fame tandem. Now, a couple championships would be nice there. But obviously, Jim Kelly and Andre Reid was able to do it without a Super Bowl. They went to four, but they never won. We got that with Josh. We got that with Steph. So Sammy Watkins could absolutely do that. I'm not, I'm not predicting that he will, but Sammy could. We got to get that running game. Because those guys will be back and we're going to want to have to play or we're not going to want to have to. We're going to have to play keep away from that team. Now, maybe we do improve our defense to the point where our defense just looks like we got it going on. And hey, if we got it going on, I'm all with it. I am all with it. But that's just not that's just not what. That's not what we saw two weeks ago. It's just not what we saw. But hey, I have one of my one of my best friends in this industry, in this uh, community, not industry, in this community, the Buffalo Bills content creator community. Um, I have my man Sterling from the Hoof Pod over there at Cover One. Sterling and I, you know, we kind of blossomed our friendship and brotherhood through 
Buffalo Fanatics as we both kind of, I don't think Sterling started there, but we both kind of took off with Buffalo Fanatics and, and made some things happen. And we both started to grow our, our platforms a little bit differently. And and I tell you, I always have probably the most fun when I have him or Joe on. So I'm going to enjoy this thoroughly. All you guys, ladies, please, please leave me some comments and some feedback on whatever platform you're listening to this on. Uh, find me on Twitter. Hit me with some feedback. Let me know what you what you like about the show. Let me know what you don't like. If you want any guests, now it's the off season. So now is the time for me to start reaching out to, to a lot of these people and getting some people on. So let me know who you want to hear from. Let me know what you want to, you know, what you want to talk about, some content. Um, it's it's going to be the boring part, but it's the fun part of the year because this is the fun time where we get to make stuff up to talk about. So, like I said, though, I got my man Sterling. Hope you all enjoy it. I love you all. Take care of each other this week. Let's go. This is a Jay Spence exclusive. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I already told y'all what was happening today. It's the new and improved Mr. and Mr. Take that, take that, take that. It's the new Mr. Mason Beth and the new P. Diddy. Let's get it. I got my man Sterles for the girls in the building with me. So as we proceed to give you what you need, what's going on, Sterles? <laughs> hey, you know that's the intro, dog. I, I can't even I can't even come up with that, bro. That's uh that's lit right there, dude. Hey, I'm happy to see you, bro. How, how's life, dog? How you doing over there, man? I'm gonna be honest with you, man. It's it's um <laughs> I'm I'm good now. Like you know, last week I did a quick a real quick episode for the pod, and I, I I'm not even gonna lie, and I'm sorry, sorry everybody, sorry Matt, sorry. I mailed it in, dog. Like it was one of them episodes where I just I wasn't into it. So yeah. I kind of just like I literally sat there and rambled for like 30 minutes because I had to drop a pot. But I just my heart wasn't into it, man. I was so indifferent. And then even watching the game Sunday, it was like I, I just I just I couldn't do it. How are you doing? Ah, right, man, I'm I'm all right over here. You know, it was watching the game on Sunday was like uh, I didn't have any vested interest. Like I just watched it like I didn't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was nice. That was real nice. I, I just didn't care. Like. Don't care who wins. Yeah, see, and that's, I guess that that is nice. That's a nice f- place to be in. But at the same time, it's like I feel like we're in that place every year where we don't care because we're never invested in the playoffs. So like this year, we were too close to it for me to. So like I cared on the hater tip. I, I can't even front. Like I was hating. <laughs> like I was hating hard. It was like especially because Kansas City got they. I said I'm gonna stop cussing on the air. I, I said that. So especially because Kansas City got their tails, like they got they behind smacked. So it's one of those things where it's like, you know, I know the Bills would have would have put up a better fight. I think the Bills could have beat them boys. I don't. I do. I do, and I'll tell you why. Go ahead. I'll tell you why. So the the type of defense that we play actually okay. does match up very well with the type of offense that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have Tom Brady is not a mobile quarterback. The quarterbacks that hurt the Buffalo bills are the ones that tend to be able to extend plays. Now Brady gets the ball out the quickest in the league right now, especially throughout the playoffs. I think he broke a record yesterday or, you know, Sunday for like the fastest release time and all that stuff. But the bills are all about giving you that that in between the twenties. They're all about that. And but when it gets it, when it gets down into that red zone, they clamp down and they make that thing real difficult for you. So honestly, I just I really think that that the Bills are, are were better built to go against the Bucks than they were the Chiefs. Now, the Bucks were better built to go against the Chiefs than the Bills were. Yeah, I, I mean, I can see that. 
I can see that. I, I just, I, man, I don't know, man. I, I think the Bills weren't ready for that buzzsaw. I mean, I, I think that the Bucks that a perfect game plan. That a perfect game plan against Mahomes. I mean, they only they had, they had an effective pass rush. That that was the game right there. And yeah. what what you know? And they had linebackers that can cover. And that it was a wrap. That that front seven, it was over. Well, prior to you coming on, I actually said, and sorry, my dog. If you guys on air hear all these squeaks and uh, barks or anything like that, my dogs are in here with me right now, and they're making it very uncomfortable for me because I hate sound being messed up. But they in here. But anyway. Um, Dude, I feel like the Bills had the same game plan. It's just that the Bucks had the actual personnel to run it. Yeah, and, and, and that's what I said at the early part. It's like, um, you know, when you look at when you look at the game plan the Bills ran, it's exactly the same. Except we don't have the speed to cover those guys, and we don't have somebody who can legitimately get to the quarterback. We don't have that pass rush that the Bucks had. So, you know. It sounds like you're in agreement with that. How do yeah, you feel oh, yeah. about, you know, like, so from here, moving forward, when you when you look at that and say that, what changes do you feel like we need to make on the defensive side of the ball? I mean, getting a pass rush would be, but, would be great. But, you know, defensive ends don't grow on trees. And everybody's going to be like, oh, yeah, well, you got you to gotta get defensive end. Like, how are you going to do that? I, I just don't see how you're going to do that. I mean, unless you go get Yannick, if he doesn't resign with Baltimore, right? But I, I think he's probably going to resign with Baltimore. So I think you gotta you gotta piece it together. I mean, you can't build you can't build the whole team in the offseason, right? So if you need to go get you a linebacker that can cover, you know, let go. You're gonna have to say goodbye to some people, like for real. The Bills are gonna have to say see you later. I mean, I think you can clear up close to 20 million in cap space if you let go of uh, you know a couple of three D, D linemen, you know, like uh, Butler, Addison, and those guys, you know. Q Jeff, you, you can get rid of those guys and save up to almost $20 million in, in cap space. So you can divvy that up and you can get two guys or you can go out, sell out and get one pass rusher, right? If you want to mm-hmm. do that. Um, so I, I don't know, man. I think the Bills, they just need they need to let Tremaine Edmonds loose. Let him loose, man. They need to let my guy loose. Uh, I, I think the, the scheme is too vanilla. Okay, I was just about to say, just clarify it real quick for me. Like, I feel like I knew what you meant, but I know sometimes listeners might not know. So I just want you to clarify when you say let him loose. What do you mean? Just dude, let him attack. Like, just let him let him more a gap blitzes more, you know, line him up one on one against a tight end. Like, just let that man go. You know what I'm saying? Let him free. Like, I just think the scheme is too vanilla, bro. It's too vanilla. I've I've I'm surprised because I find myself defending Tremaine Edmonds a lot. Yeah. And it, when I say this, I, I mean this as truthful as I as, as I can be. I feel like the Buffalo Bills fan base is one of the smartest fan bases in the NFL, meaning like in a sense of like you have a, a large part of our fan base that like they know the players, they know the stats, they know their strengths and their weaknesses, and they know schemes, and they know, you know, like the the Bills fans are really engaged with the with the team. Yeah. So, you know, I feel like we're smart, but there's a lot of us that are falling for like the, and I'm not going to take shots or jabs, but like, you know, the whoop-de-doo of the content creators that decide to say stuff like, hey, well, I think, I think, you know, Tremaine Edmonds needs to be moved to like an outside linebacker. Or I think, and I get it, it's going to sound bad, whatever. I'm not taking jabs. What I'm saying is if you know the game of football, you know why Tremaine Edmonds needs to remain the middle linebacker for this Buffalo Bills team. 
Yeah. He's taking undue, he's taking undue criticism right now. Like people are looking at Devin White and they're going, Well, oh yeah. I, I saw a couple people too today. Oh yeah, Devin White's better than Tremaine Edmonds. Yeah, he's better, but Tremaine's only 22 years old. Like the dude ain't even got his man body yet. Like he's still learning, he's still learning the position. Right. Like it, I mean, Devin White is a great linebacker, right? Devontae David, I mean, they got two top ten linebackers on that team, like, and they play yeah. off of each other. So, like, you can't just sit there and be like, well, you know, he's better. Well, he may be better, but Tremaine ain't no slouch either, man. Well, and and the thing is, too, and I, I actually said this on Twitter. I'm like, you know, the thing is 6'6", six, six or 6'5", six, 250-pound guys who can run sideline to sideline don't grow on trees. Nope. And the thing is, you got to understand as well, he's 22 years old. Yeah. So, so the thing is, like, you got you got guys who are going to come into the league next year through the draft who are older than Tremaine Edmonds. Yep. So this guy has experience under his belt now in, on the NFL level, and he's he's making plays that guys, you know, it, look, I get it. He he may he may have missed some here or there, and he has some injuries. You gotta you gotta give my guy a break, man. You gotta yeah. give him a break. What do you yeah. think the team is gonna do with Matt Milano? I think you gotta let him go. I'm not, I think you don't have the luxury of having Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano. I mean, you, you think about it, you're going to have to pay Matt Milano, what, $12 million a year? And that's a lot. That's a lot to be paying another another linebacker. And then you're going to have to give Josh Allen another contract. Then Tremaine Edmonds is going to come up the following year. So, look, that, I mean, I, I say let Matt go. Like, I need to see – I need to see more from Matt Milano in terms of his, um, his pass coverage ability. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like – you shouldn't have two stud linebackers like that and still be one of the worst teams in the NFL against pass against the tight ends. Like that's not going to cut it, you know. Maybe in part of that scheme and, and so forth, but I think they could do better. I mean, they may not do better initially, but I think long term for for cap space and so forth, I, I think he's a he's a luxury that you don't have to have. I agree with you. What do, What do you think about um, speak? Because speaking of luxuries, now the Bills have been linked. Um, in some reports, and I, I do note, like for instance, PFF. Um, sometimes they'll they'll make suggestions, and it will turn into a rumor out of a suggestion. And I think that's kind of what happened here, where we've been linked to like Richard Sherman. And in my opinion, Richard right. Sherman signing would be a luxury and not a necessity. Do you think that we should try to retain the services of Levi Wallace? I believe he's a restricted free agent this year. Um, should we try to retain his services, maybe run it back one time with Josh Norman? He tweeted out that he would like to run it back and, and try it again. Or do you think we should take that luxury and go out and, and, and get a guy like Richard Sherman? Or do, do we go through the draft? I think both. I think you have to uh, get, you know, I think it won't hurt to get like another fourth or fifth round cornerback draft pick kind of in the mold of, um, um, you know, uh, our nickel cornerback, Taron Johnson. Right. You don't have to go high to get a cornerback. But like there's going to be guys like uh, Israel Mukwamu from South Carolina. That's going to be like third, fourth round. You get you can swipe them. Uh, you know, Hamsa Nazareladine, you know, you can get him third round. But he's a, he's more of a safety linebacker hybrid. Right. Um, these guys, are gonna, there's, there's guys that are going to be there that's going to fit what McDermott wants. And then you sign, you know, you can get you one in the draft and then you resign Levi Wallace. He, he, he's not going to cost that much. Now, if you want to entertain Richard Sherman, great. Uh, how much is it going to cost? That's that's my question. I think Richard Sherman would be great. He's limited athletically, though, so I think you're you're doing the same thing that you were doing, you know, 
this year with with Levi Wallace and Josh Norman, right? Josh Norman didn't do enough for me uh, for for to warn another uh, position a spot on the team this coming year. He just didn't. You know, he's a liability in coverage. Richard Sherman's an upgrade, but how much is that going to cost? That's that's my thing. If you can get him for like six to eight million, yeah, I say get Richard Sherman all day. I mean, he's at least going to give you another a, a good year or two of production. I mean, at least he has a nose for the ball. You know, he's going to um, get people in the right position. He's a leader. Uh, he's 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 solid, right? He's an upgrade over what we currently have. But I don't think you got to break the bank to bring yeah. somebody here. Well, so I haven't gotten started yet on, um, you know, my college film or college, you know, highlights and all that good stuff. So let me ask you, because I, what I'm doing, so right now where I'm at, I'm, I'm actually watching all 16 games of the season back for the Bills. And I am I have my own, little, I'm trying something special. I told Bruce I'm going to make him proud. So I'm, I have my own grading system to where oh. I'm trying to figure out for myself what areas of need the team have in order of p- like importance so like where we need something the most so if it's you know do we need a defensive end or is it really tight end play or is it really cornerback play so like i'm i got this grading system that i'm trying to figure out i'm I'm, i feel pretty good with what i'm what i've come up with so far i'm through like i'm through game 11 so i feel like i have a good idea as to where i feel like we should go in the draft if we were to go need based okay random bean made it very clear that we draft best player available we're not going needs based so in your opinion let's let's do two things here one what's your draft need for the team and then a follow-up to that what's your draft crush like so it might not be what we need and it might not even be best player available when it comes down to like 30 for us but who if if you could we pick 30 who do you want Oh, Travis Etienne. I mean, I was talking about this on yes. WCR last week. Yes. I I people hate that I that I have this take, bro. You know, I've been on this for a while, but the Bills need a home run threat at running back. Man, that, that's yeah. just that I ain't even capping on it. That's just true. And, and and people are like, well, you know, you why don't you get an offensive lineman? Like, you can get an offensive lineman in the second round, bro. Like, it's not, you know, you, you can do both. You can you can get Travis Etienne at 30. He is an X Factor kind of player. Like you just those players don't grow on trees. If you have, I think there's like maybe five, no, four players in this draft that are skill position players that are can't miss talent. So he's one of them. You, you just don't pass him up. You got to get him. Najee Harris is another one. I, I see. I, I like Najee Harris, um, but man, Etienne's dope, <laughs> man, dude. I was watching some of it. Like, like I said, I haven't dug into film yet, but I got a chance to watch like a couple of the games that like were big games for him this year and it was just like bro like this dude he's 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 different level he he doesn't quite obviously he's not he's not cj spiller's speed he's not that but he has a gear that he gets into that is is like he just leaves boys behind man and the team the bills need that we have that in the receiver with stefan Diggs, but we need that out that backfield man so but if you were going to go to need though draft need what would you say if going going into this draft, if you're Brandon Bean, what's that first round going to be for you? So that's a good question. Um, you know what? If I'm going to go based on need, based on what I think they're going to do, I think they're going to go uh, in the back end of the defense. I think I think they're going to go with a guy like they could go linebacker with uh, you know Cormor Wusu out of Notre Dame. 
They could go – they can get Hamsa. They could probably try to snag Hamsa in the first round. I mean, they could go – I mean, there are so many things that they can do. We just don't know what they're going to do, right? We know, we know, Bean, they do value linebackers because if you go back in Carolina, you kind of see what they were kind of putting together. They had a ton of linebackers, right? They, they wanted to defend the linebacker position. But here's a dark horse thing that I think they could do. And if he's there, I don't think he will be. But a, a, t- a real tight end threat, somebody like Kyle Pitts – you know, would be great. I think he's going to go, you know, higher in the draft. But uh, Brevin Jordan, you know, a, a lot of uh, people, we, people have been kind of forgetting about him. But he was he was right up there with Kyle Pitts uh, right before the season. He just played on Miami. They were they were decent, but they just didn't get a lot of the uh, hoopla that, you know, uh, Kyle Pitts did. But Brevin Jordan is a dope talent. Uh, the Bills need tight end help. If you look at it last night, I mean, Tampa Bay user, you know, Gronkowski's old. He's old. Right. He's not like what he used to be. And they use him to perfection. Like Travis Kelsey is another reason why the Bills are sitting at home. Um, You got to have another threat at tight end and you have to go based on your strengths. And so if your strength of your team is Josh Allen, then I think you need to get him every weapon that he needs. And you could build the offensive line in the free agency. Right. You don't have to do it all in one offseason. But if there's a top flight talent there on the offensive side of the ball, that's a skill position player. I say take him. Kadarius Tony would be dope. Well, I got to he would be he would be. But I have a, a question that and, and this is probably going to annoy you because it probably would annoy me if somebody was to ask me this on somebody else's show. It, what about the possibility of and I know like we always talk about these position changes, but what about like Duke switching to tight end? I think Duke would actually like I think he has the build and the athleticism to kind of be like a Travis Kelsey at tight end. You know, he has the wide receiver type of ability but he's big enough that he can block. He's strong enough that he can block. He does a great job and he loves to block. He, he likes to find work. What about something like that? Do you, do you see anything like that being a possibility and kind of, I don't want to say go the cheap route, but <laughs> go home and, and kind of, you know, throw up, I'm throwing a bone out there for all of the Duke Williams fans. Well, I mean, I, I, my question is, what are we doing with Duke anyway? Like what, what are the, what's the bill's game plan? Like the man just, he's not ever active. Like, I think he's he should have been a tight end, you know, a couple years ago. Like he has, you're right, he does have the ability to to pull that off. Um, I think he'd be a great tight end. I, I'm not saying like like great as in like he's gonna he's a Pro Bowl type tight end, but I think he gives you more of an option than like Levi Croft and Sweeney, right? I think yeah. he I think he his potential is probably around there. Um, Dawson Knox is whatever. Like we don't know what we're gonna get from Dawson Knox from day to day, but. I think his best position is probably tight end. No cap. I mean, I, and I'm not trying to, you know, because I hate when people, you know, try and force a position change on players. And I know you you remember I did the not bad for a running back and tight end when the Bills played against the Ravens because, I, yeah. you know, that was the narrative for Josh and Lamar Jackson. So I hate that. But I'm not trying to suggest this from a sense of, you know, a place of disrespect is more so about what I think the NFL is going to start to lean towards is the same thing that the NBA started to do about maybe four or five years ago. So the NBA started to lean towards more of a positionless team. I know you're going to go there. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, but I mean, and it's like, yeah, Duke is a wide receiver. Uh, so, but <laughs> it's about having guys on the team or on the field with ability to do things. So Duke in the tight end position, he has the body to do it, but he also has that dog. He has that drive and that hunger that Josh loves. Why not put him out there in the mix of that? I mean, what is it going to do? Look, 
I know he had a drop pass in the in the playoff game. Okay. Knox has a drop pass twice a game. <laughs> like so so what are we you know what I mean? Like can we can we at least try it? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's something to look at. And I think the Bills are one of those teams that I don't think they mind a position change. I mean, I think they want to go with that positionless kind of ball. I mean, you look at uh, – I mean, I hate to bring it up all the time, but McDermott and the defense, what they did with Shaq Thompson, he was, he was a safety converted to a linebacker. You know, mm-hmm. they like guys with position flexibility. Look up, look what they do on the offensive line. You know what I'm saying? So um, I don't think that's far-fetched. I mean, we had – this was before being in McDermott, but we had Logan Thomas. Right. Logan Thomas is balling in Washington now, but it took him time to develop. So I think yeah. Duke is what 27 years old. So I think it's one of those things of, okay, how much do you want to invest in him? And I, my question is, and maybe you can answer this. Why is Duke Williams like, is it between the ears why he doesn't get much play or is it, is it, um, you know, they just don't feel like he's competent enough in a, in a, route, in a route running perspective, or is it a, is it a, a blocking thing, or is it all of the above? Like, I just want to know what is the purpose and goal of, Man, of Williams. I, I don't know. You know what? It, that's a great question. The thing is, though, I think honestly, this year, I think it just came down to the fact that this team was so deep. Like it, the the talent level on the wide re- in the wide receiver room. You know, you got Stefan Diggs, John Brown. Isaiah McKenzie, you know, Andre Roberts. I know he didn't play much of the receiver role, but he's on the team. Yeah. Then then you're talking about Gabriel Davis. And then you got, you know, like you got. So it's like before you can get to which is w- what my debate was as well about. And we can I'm actually ask you that next about Isaiah McKenzie, Andre Roberts debate. I've been actually like <laughs> having this debate. So but, you know, it's it's like when you when you when you look at how deep this roster is and then you say, well, why is it, is it Duke? Is it between that? No, because last season the bills trusted him. He caught the game winning touchdown against the Titans. You know, he played in the, he was targeted the most in the playoff game. So, yeah. so I do think they trusted him and they would trust him. I just think that when you got Stefan Diggs, you don't need Duke Williams out there, but if Josh trusted him to throw it to him 50, 11 times, why not try him in this tight end role? Like get as many people that Josh is comfortable with on the field at the same time. Just, just, just let's just try it. Let's just try it. I mean, I th- I agree with you. And then you know, it's funny is because you could throw in Isaiah Hodgins too. Isaiah Hodgins is a big wide receiver, right? I'm not yeah. saying you know, I think he could probably pull it off too. And you got you could ask him to put on weight to where he can play that position, and he's got great hands already. Now we, you know, as as far as his route running concerned, I mean, I, I'm sure you know. Honestly, I think he was a better route runner than Gabriel Davis coming out. Now, I don't know where they're at now, but from what I looked on film last year, just evaluating the talent, he's a better route runner than Gabriel Davis, and he has better hands. Yeah, yeah, and and that's the thing. Like he's st- So, again, we're talking about how deep this roster is, and we're like, yeah, is, is it in between? The- I don't, I don't want to take anything away from Duke. I think Duke is a phenomenal talent that could make a roster on any – I don't want to say any team because there's some teams with some deep wide receiver rooms, but I think he could be a starter on, you know, 70% of the league's roster. I just think that the Buffalo Bills had probably top three wide receiver room in the NFL this year, which is a big step up from last year to year. And last year we looked mostly the same with the exception of our rookies and, and, you know, uh, Stefan Diggs, but from, from year, from two years ago to now it's it's amazing. Our offense yeah. was hungry, man. It was hungry. Yeah. I think we may have answered our own question because, like, here, here we go. So, like, 
why did they elevate Kumaro in the Denver game and not Duke Williams? Maybe it's because Kumaro has it more between the ears than Duke Williams does right now. But Duke Williams shows so much in practice that you go, damn, like he's got a lot of potential. Like, how do you just let that guy go? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's a good question. Like, okay. So here's my take on that, man. I'm a petty dude. I'm a real petty dude. <laughs> Why I feel like Coach McDermott and and Josh Allen and them boys wanted to do that just because they wanted to try and get Josh Allen that record. Like the, he he was trying to throw touchdowns to the most receivers for the year. He was like one receiver away. Seriously, I just in my mind, I feel like that's the reason why. Like I, I think Duke got one early this year, and so Duke already got a touchdown. So now we'll leave you out, Duke. We got we got you for later on in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. And I, I really think they was trying to go for that. And I think we had the opportunity. And who was it that dropped it? It was like week seventeen. Like somebody, I can't even think of who it was, but they was in the end zone and and. Uh, It'd come to me whenever, but, but yeah, it was like, I th- I, and I could be wrong. I just feel like Josh was being petty and he, they, it's like, all right, we're going to bring this dude up with the, with the dope hair. You know, he's he got the Jesus hair. Uh, touchdown Jesus hair. Yeah. No, I, I mean, dude, they're competitors, man. Look, petty is not a song when you're competitors, right? Yeah. The Bills are playing. They, they, they were, uh, that was our homecoming game. <laughs> the Broncos was a homecoming game. Let's be honest, right? They they really didn't even have to try. I mean, they were just smashing them, dog. They were straight smashing them. So yeah, I, I think that's a real thing, man. I, I don't know. I, I I really do think about like why do you continually have Duke Williams on the practice squad if you don't do anything with him? Like, what is the purpose? Man, um, I don't know. I'm hoping I'm hoping that we we have a role for him next year because I do think he's talented enough to make an impact. So. I don't know, but 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 moving on real quick because I, I don't want to keep you too long here, and I know we're already we're already getting to like a half. And no, we uh, always do this. We always we do, we do. <laughs> so, but real quick, back to the Super Bowl for a hot second, because I, I uh, again prior to having you on, I, I gave a quick little monologue about um, just a newfound appreciation for Tom Brady, and what I started to talk about was how I have fin- friends and family from Boston who regret not being able to really appreciate Kobe Bryant until he was gone now, because, you know, as a, as a Celtics fan, you hate Kobe Bryant. And yeah. as a bills fan, I hated Tom Brady's guts, like everything about this dude. I hated Tom Brady. The only thing about Tom Brady I didn't hate was his wife. Cause I just think she's phenomenally like wonderfully, <laughs> beautifully and wonderfully made. You dig like, she's just, she's dope. So, but now I can watch him without those emotions. How do you feel like watching Tom Brady do this? Like ten Super Bowl, like ten Super Bowl appearance or twelve, whatever it is, and then he's, he's won what seven Super Bowls? Yeah, yeah. Like, so, how do you feel, man? So I, I'm gonna be real honest with you, like, because I'm a Michigan fan. Tom Brady's a Michigan guy, right? Ah. So I've always like low key in the closet loved Tom Brady. Not gonna cap, like, and and, and then it's like the it's like the it's like the Jordan thing, like, or, or even Kobe, like. Even though, like, you may not like them for the team they play on, but I think it's within us all to appreciate greatness. And you can't look at Tom Brady and not say he's not great because he is in every sense of the way. And now you can't not look at him and say, hey, I mean, I, I thought this was wrapped up for three Super Bowls ago, but you can't look at him and say he's not the best quarterback that that's ever lived. Like, he's the best quarterback to ever play. And it's not flashy, but what he does, like we talk about, it's, 
it's in here. It's it's between the ears. Like he just straight, he's above you. Like he's just gonna outsmart you and and, and get it done. Yeah, seven super, can't, you can't argue with that seven. And I also made the, the made the argument that um, I'm not gonna be silly and say that like you know Belichick wasn't or isn't great as well. Like the the, the difference was that Tom Brady had a team this year that was actually very good. Like they yeah. were a quarterback away. New England, no, they they the reason why Tom Brady left is because they weren't a quarterback away, so it was completely different. And and like I hate that I even saw that in the media already. Like, oh, it's a case that Belichick wasn't no. Like, come on, man. Like, we got to chill with these narratives, man. But let me let me ask you this question too, because I I, I kind of hinted about it. So people have actually been saying like, yo, Isaiah McKenzie is younger. He has proven to be a phenomenal um, playmaker in big moments. We need to move on from Andre Roberts and next season, just let Isaiah McKenzie return punts and kicks. And he can be a receiver because he does all of the, the fancy and fun things too. What is your take on that? Do you really want my take on that? Cause I, you probably I not going to like it. No, if I don't like it, that's fine. That's what we are here for. I think you can let go of Andre Roberts. I think you can let him go. I, Listen, I think that, you know, McKenzie does give you a little bit more balance. I mean, he's not going to be as great in the return game by far. No. Like, Andre Roberts is one of the best in the league. But how much how much value do we place on special teams? Or how much value should you place on special teams? Because we know the Bills place a lot of a ton of value on it. But, like, how many kicks do you return back? I mean, he got us in great position. But, I mean, honestly, like, and I'll go back and say this. I think you can keep, you know, McKenzie, but you can go draft uh, – Kadarius Tony and graduate uh, McKenzie into a, a real wide receiver role where he doesn't have to be doing all that gadget stuff. You can make him a receiver and a returner and save a cap and save a, a roster spot, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have to resign Andre Roberts. I, I think he's great, but I don't think he's a luxury. I don't, I don't think he. You have to have him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and that's a fair that's a fair argument to make. I, I guess so. What I see is like. You have a guy that's made the Pro Bowl three consecutive years and two years for your team. Mm-hmm. You know, he and he's done it at an extremely high level. This year, part of the reason why Josh Allen was so successful, I mean, yeah, he got Stefan Diggs. Yeah, he fixed some of the mechanics in his throwing motion. But a, a big part of it too is that he his back was not against the wall for most parts of the season because we won the position, the field position game. Yeah. You know, we start the game off on our 35 or 40. If we don't get a first down, we punt it. They get the ball back on their 10 or five. Yeah. So it, it you know, it, it's easier for Josh Allen to score touchdowns than our whoever we're facing. So I think we really should. I think you're undervaluing special teams because Andre Roberts consistently, you know, I get it. He may have had a few here there where it was like, come on, man, that, you shouldn't have tried to run that one out. But I never get mad, man. Like he has so many where he's he's busted out to the 45 or even we starting off in the other team's, you know, territory. I, I think I think we're undervaluing, you know, I think he's it's, it's just amazing to me how much we undervalue how great he really is. Yeah, no, and you know what's funny though? It's like I think Andre Roberts is going to be on this roster next year. And I know somebody who's not going to go on this roster next year. And listen, I don't know if you remember this, but I got flamed for this in, in training camp or or you know the pre, before the season. Remember I remember I came out and I said, "Hey, 
John Brown may not be on the roster. He may get traded this oh, year. He might not be on the, on the roster next year. You remember how many people were like, oh, hell no. Nah. He's, he's certainly you're crazy for that. Well, now everybody's like, well, okay. So, like I say, like, Isaiah McKenzie can graduate, right? And, and you can still keep Andre Roberts if you want to. I, like I said, I think he's a great return man. Here's but the thing. Bring in somebody else, too. To, to spell him every now and then. Here's the thing. If you want my honest and this. So this is the honest take. I think we keep Andre Roberts and I think we move on from from John Brown and Isaiah McKenzie. I really do. I think Hodgins, the guys that we mentioned earlier, he's one of the best route runners that was in last year's draft. He's one of the best catchers of the football. The guy is probably he probably was on the same level as Gabriel Davis last season, but the injuries and obviously just the depth on the team didn't allow us to see it. He so, was. so what I'm saying is you have another dynamic guy who we don't, when you're talking about Isaiah McKenzie, he was a luxury because of the gadget plays that we ran for him. Special teams is not a luxury. If you win two out of the three phases of the game, you normally will win the game. So if your defense is giving up everything in between the 20s and your offense is playing well and your special teams is helping you win that position of or the field position game, you're probably going to win the game. Yeah, I don't think we're I don't think we're going to um, at least I would hope that that the, that Brandon Bean and the team is smart enough to know, hey, it was a deep wide receiver class last year. We got two really good ones. We traded for a really great one. We have Beasley. We're going to move the ball with or without Isaiah McKenzie on offense. We're not going to get the luxury of starting on the 40-yard line if we get rid of Andre Roberts. We're not just going to pick one off a tree. Yeah. And why? So, I mean, that's funny that you say that you were released on uh, Isaiah McKenzie because I know that's your guy. That's my guy. I love him. It's I love you to say that. Yeah, I love him. And and people think that – so when I when I say – when I have these takes like this, people always think that I'm like – one of those guys that's trying to be personal. No, like I love, if it was about personal, like I love Isaiah McKenzie, like that's my dude. So like, there's no way I'm saying like move on from him. But if you're talking football, how much he's, he's our fourth or fifth, probably actually our fifth option on offense. Cause you're going to Diggs first. You're going to Beasley. You're going to John Brown. You're going to Davis. You're probably going to, to Moss and motor before you get to Zeke. So you're really going to consider keeping your seventh or eighth option on offense over a guy that's a pro bowler three years in a row. Yeah. And I get that. And, and like some of the arguments, too, is like, well, you know, week 17 against Miami, he had a, he ran one back. And he listen, the Miami Dolphins were a deflated, defeated version of who they've been all season. When all right. I, Isaiah McKenzie was dogging them boys all game. I could have went out there and scored two touchdowns. Like, <laughs> They were defeated, bro. They were defeated. And why do you have to have McKenzie in that kind of role? Is because you didn't have anybody who could stretch the defense, uh, you know, sideline to sideline on the edges. That's why he has the role he has because the Bills don't have a, a, a running back that, that has any foot speed. You get a running back. Do we yeah, really, and, and again, I love Isaiah McKenzie. I love uh, like let, I cannot I cannot stress this fact enough. I love Isaiah McKenzie. I know he was on your show. I mean, he, he's a lovable guy. He's got a great story. Dude. University of Georgia. He's a Southern boy, you know, like myself. It's like, how and he you got know, such like, a, like, his personality is so fly. Like, he's just such a cool dude. Yeah, he is. 
And, and you know what's cool though is like he came up. He he was he, they got him from the Broncos or from the from the waiver wire when yeah. Josh was rookie. So you know there's already there's that rapport. They always make fun of little yeah. dude, you know, because he's because he's you know he little guy. But uh, I, it might be time to move on. Bills fans don't like it when when, when people say yeah, it's time to move on. Well, from no. And then you also got to look at it too, like the contract that we had him on. Yeah, but he's not going to be on that contract now. Like Isaiah McKenzie has made big plays for a good team. He deserves money. He does. So do you? So do you want to give that money that he deserves to your seventh or eighth option, or do you want to keep your guy that's gone to the Pro Bowl two years in a row for you? And you yeah. can't say it's a popularity contest for Buffalo players. When Buffalo players go to the Pro Bowl, it's not about popularity. Yeah, because they don't work. Yeah, because because people don't yeah. watch Buffalo. Yeah, they don't care. <laughs> they don't care. I'm proud of you for uh, like wanting to move on from uh, McKenzie and Roberts because I know you ha- you hold those guys in such high regard, and uh, it just goes to show like you know the Bills are in a in a position of their roster build that they've never seen before, and I think you have to do everything you can to give Josh Allen the most resources, the most ability to succeed and be more dynamic on the on the side of the ball that's gonna that's gonna win you a Super Bowl. And that's the offense side of the ball. Yeah, man. And 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 for the record, because you just said McKenzie and Roberts. I'm not saying move on from Roberts. I said McKenzie and Brown. Roberts is here to stay, man. Like you don't move on from your pro bowler, man. You just don't do it. But <laughs> but yo, it's 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 uh it's about to it's about to get real. So so listen, we're gonna we gonna we're gonna wrap this up, but before I do, I wanna I wanna prepare you. So I need you to prep. Okay. I'm about to make this a yearly thing because last year was my first year. Oh, and you're on you're officially the first guest on season two of Code okay. of Conduct. This okay. is dope. Like, you know what I mean? I, so I this is, be. I'm on yeah, it. I'm on it is what it is. Like this is how we this is how we get down. But so Joe last year, Joe and I did like our um season prediction, like once they released the schedule. Okay. So I think they already released our opponent, so we know who we're going to play. But once they release the schedule, I'm going to make it like an annual thing where, where I have an episode where we go through and, and like just break down the whole schedule, how we think it's going to turn out. We do our season predictions. This year, I want to have you part of that. So yeah. me, you, and Joe, we gonna, the three amigos, we're going to touch that down. Oh, yeah, let's do that all day. I'm totally down. Bet, bet. So real quick, why don't you let everybody know where they can find your work, man? Y'all been doing some... <laughs> Why don't you let everybody know where they can find your work, man, over there at Cover One. Y'all been doing y'all thing, for real. Yeah, man. So I'm a part of the Cover One network. Uh, you know, my Twitter handle is Furrow Sterling. But, uh, you know, we're kind of trying to, I mean, for and, and I'm part of the Hoof podcast. So as far as the Hoof goes, we're trying to do something a little bit different. We're going to start doing uh, more solo pods uh, for the podcast that, that airs on Fridays um, and kind of be more uh, thought-provoking. Right. Our Tuesday night live shows are more entertainment. You know, we kind of try to be a, a blend of balance and, and funny and wit and, and, and you know, analysis. But I, we want our Friday shows to kind of take more of a, a thought provoking, like I'm in the car listening, like what are we going to do kind of thing. So, you know, we've been doing, a, you know, a series called what, you know, making the case. And so we're right now we're making the case for for each position on offense or even on defense side of the ball that the Bills could take in the first or second round. So that's what we've been working on, man. So it has been really good. I was on WGR last week with uh, Howard and Jeremy, and that was dope. So 
I, I, I was feeling like a big boy right there. You know, I, I'm not I'm not on your status yet, bro. But you know, no, I'm getting there. No, man. No, man. <laughs> just don't forget me when you get because you already big time. But when you there for real, man, just don't forget. Just pull me along because I'm trying to get there too. I'm trying to ride the coattails, bro. So if I go, you go, you go, I go, and it's a pack and deal, bro. Let's do this, man. <laughs> so, but yeah, check. Make sure you check my man out over there at Cover One. Check out the whole Cover One team. Um, you know, my man Aaron is my guy. I got a special love from my man Aaron Quinn. Uh, Greg Thompson over there. My man Easy E. Eric is the guy. But shout out to to everybody over there at Cover One. Um, y'all already know how it is with me, man. It's your boy Jay Spencer King. You can find me on Twitter at Jay Spencer King. Dakota Conduct, the show that you're listening to now, it drops actually now Monday nights. I've been dropping it early on Monday nights instead of Tuesdays, but you're probably catching this on Tuesdays. Um, Hey, y'all just love each other. Keep living in peace. Y'all stay positive and test negative. And as always, go Bills. Go Bills.